What's up, guys? What's going on? I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theology's Daily Devotional with Trust in Jesus Ministries. Glad you're here. Glad you're listening. And we are on the uh, apex, the top part of the story of Abraham. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Well, I mean, under like the kind of like undertones of this. Uh, if, 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 as we've been reading as reading, we were waiting for last chapter where we finally see Isaac born. But, um, in the, the, the overall book, we see this is probably the, the top point of everything that happens to the promises of Abraham. Finally, the promises are going to be made and sealed and, and confirmed, but it happens because of the testing of Abraham. And we find that this test is very, very difficult. So if you haven't checked it out, go ahead and uh, read Genesis chapter 22, one through six. And we are going to start this um, amazing, this this crazy, insane test that God is going to place on Abraham and see how he reacts and see what happens. And then because of, of his reaction, what happens? Uh, so a little bit of overview. We're going to do it in three sections. The whole part is uh, one through nineteen, but we're going to take it in three sections: one through six, uh, seven and eight, and then um, nine through nineteen, because it's kind of like a rhythm. And the first step is the starting of the journey, and then the next step will be like the middle passage of uh, what occurs, the awareness that happens, and then finally the final act and, um, uh, and result of that act. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, man, go ahead and read it. And then we'll jump into the four questions and we'll see what it has to say. If you've already read it, Hey, let's dive on in. And so, uh, what's it, what's it say? What's the author saying? What are you actually, actually writing about it? Well, it says that after, um, these things passed that, um, God is going to test Abraham. And so he called Abraham. He's like, yo, Abraham, and Abraham's like, it's me. Uh, what do you want? And he says, take your son, your beloved or only son, whom you love, Isaac. He says, and go to the mountain uh, of Moriah, the land of Moriah. And he says, and offer up there your son as an offering upon the mountain in which I tell you to go to. Well, what happens? It says that Abraham woke up the next day early. He saddled his donkey. He took his two servants with him. He took Isaac, his son. It says he chopped up some uh, firewood for the offering. And then it says he uh, rose and he went to the place where God had told him to go. And it says it took him three days to get there. When he went three days, he could see the place. And so he told his uh, servants to stay back. You stay here in this place, take care of the donkeys. And he says, when I um, um, and me and, me and my son, we are going to go up to the mountain and worship God. And then afterwards, we'll come back to you. And then it says that they took off. And they uh, um, Abraham grabbed the uh, uh, took the, the, the wood for the fire or I'm sorry, wood for the altar and gave it to his son Isaac to carry. And he took for himself the flame or like the, the stuff that would cause the fire and the knife. And then the two went together. Man, that's, that's a, this is an insane story already. 
God has is, is told I or told Abraham to offer up his son Isaac as an an offering, a burnt offering. And then um, not only that, now well, first off, first off, we, we get to understand that it's a test. So we have to see everything in light of the test. Now we got to realize and must know that Abraham does not know this. We get clued into it from the very beginning because it is a, a, a bit of a different type of situation that God would say to do something that is not, doesn't seem to be characteristic of who he is. And so the writer of the book wants us to know beforehand that this is a test. And one thing which is, is crazy that a lot of uh, um, um, rabbis have spoken about is that uh, God only tests those who pass. Uh, it says that uh, he tests the righteous. And I believe that's a passage in Scripture in Psalms where it says God tests the righteous, but the wicked fail. Uh, but it's not fail. It's something else. But I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't remember that quote exactly but that God only tests the righteous. And so God knows that Abraham is going to pass the test. He's going to do what he's supposed to do. And so uh, God is going to step in and do what he's supposed to do. But it's, it's odd that this situation happens where he is called to offer up his son. But even in this calling to offer it up, uh, it, it doesn't say that Abraham argues or, or does anything but obey. It says he rose the next day and then he got his servants, got his donkeys, got his child. And then he split the wood uh, at his at his uh, uh, place to, to take with him to go. And, and some have uh, ruminated about why would he do this work? He got his servants. He could get his servants to do this work. But man, the, 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 the contemplation of what he is about to have to do is probably weighing on his mind so much so that he's trying to just keep himself busy as he himself saddles the donkeys when he could have called a service to do it. When he himself splits the wood for the offering, when he called, when he could have done this himself. But after he gets all these things ready, he goes up and when he sees the place, it says that he, he stops his and he, and he, and he tells his, servants to stay to the side for a while. This is, and me and my son will go up to this place and worship together. And this worship, think about that. It's, it's, um, Abraham, when he's going up to, to offer this sacrifice for God is saying that they're going to be worshiping together, worshiping together. And that's what offerings are. They're an act of worship, an act of service to God. But he doesn't finish there. And he says, and we will come back. And that it's a we will come back. It's not that I will come back. He says that we are going to worship together. And then we're, we're going to come back. We're going to come back. See, that's, that's uh, a lot of, people want to say that's kind of the idea of what's going on in Hebrews. If you look forward in the scriptures, it talks about how Abraham believed that if he was to sacrifice his son, Isaac, that he would get him back as a type some way that God would not nullify the promise because he has told him this entire time that Isaac would be the heir, that Isaac would be the seed in which 
the nations would be blessed, that Isaac would be the one in whom God had promised to him. And so if God was to say that he was to to die, that there would have to be some way for that promise to happen. And it could only be by resurrection. And so Abraham believed this when he says that he is going to worship, that he is going to to go with his son to this mountain and he's going to worship. And then they both will return and we will return to you. Then he's already having that faith in him. And then it says that Abraham took the wood and he placed it in Isaac's arms, that Isaac is carrying this wood. He set it upon Isaac. And so that kind of gives us a little insight on who Isaac is. He has to be big enough and old old enough and strong enough to, to be able to carry this wood to wherever the place he's going to worship up this mountain. And so Isaac has some understanding, which we'll see in the next uh, episode, but some understanding of what's going on, man. And so Isaac is, is complicit in this action as this testing is taking place. So what is this saying about God? Well, I think it's saying, first off, that God is a provider God. Well, I guess next, actually, let me say it first off, saying that God is a sovereign God. God is in control. He is the one that makes demands. He is the one that commands. He is the one that is ruler. He is the one set above all things. And I say this because he is demanding something from Abraham that is most precious to him. It says that Abraham is his son, his own, not uh, the word is only son, but it's in a specific way as like a beloved or precious son. If we remember correctly, we saw that Abraham had already had to cast out his firstborn. And so this son to him is the only son. But more than that, though, it is the son of the promise, the one that God had said his, that, that his, his heir, his seed would be named. This is so important. The, the word here is, is a beloved or cherished. It, it progresses. It says, take your son, your only or beloved son, the one whom you love. And then it names him Isaac. And God demands this of him because he is the sovereign God. He promised it to him. He promised him to him, but he demands it because he is the sovereign God. But he's also the provider God. We know, we know the end of the story. We know the end of the story that God will provide. But we also know that Abraham believes this because he says that we will worship and we will return. And so whatever happens, whether it be that God provides for the sacrifice or that God still provides the promise of Isaac to him, even if he should die. Abraham understands and knows that God's character is one of provision. God provides. What's this say about man? Well, it says that uh, we are called to obey, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situation, regardless of our heart, our minds, we are called to obey. 
When Abraham was told to do this thing, he didn't argue. It says he rose early and got the things ready to do. We know he was nervous. Like I said, man, contemplate the pressure and, and weight of having to do the thing that he is called to do with his son whom he loves, his beloved to him, Isaac. But he, he obeys. He obeys. So how, how should we apply these truths to our lives, man? How should we apply, apply these things to us today? Well, I think uh, we should ask ourselves the question, are we placing ourselves under his sovereign hand that when he says do something, we do it? Are we obeying? Are we recognizing the sovereignty of God and then obeying it? Are we placing ourselves under the kingship of God? Are we humbling ourselves and bended knee to the one who has control over all things. And then secondly, are we recognizing the provision of God? Do we understand that because we are in him, because we are chosen by him, that he will provide even when we think, even when we think that what we are as is being taken away from us is the most precious thing to us. The thing that causes us to survive. Because if we don't believe that God would provide in that sense, then God is not God to us. That thing is. And so do we truly believe that God is provider? Hey, I appreciate you guys for listening. And I'll see you as we go on to the second suave of this uh, this crazy uh, episode in the life of Abraham.